0: Welcome to the Dharma Spring. The student asked Nanjuan, as you formally sit in your quarters for work in the room, Doka how do you guide people? Nanjuan replied, Last night at midnight, I lost the ox. This morning, as dawn arrived, I lost the fire. (laughs) Interesting. You could be like, can't you just give us a straight answer? (laughs) Why this poetic stuff? What's that about? But, uh, interesting answer. Interesting response. Last night at midnight, I lost the ox. This morning as dawn arrived, I lost the fire. before going further into the koan territory itself i found myself um with this one well this one brought up in particular i think what i see coming up regularly with a variety of people and not all the time and not always the same people and some of those people often include this people, this people that is me, (laughs) is just how, um, no, I've been curious, how do we create obstacles with koans that make it, that can make it harder to, or make it a different journey. Um, Yeah. It could be a longer journey, or it could be more difficult. Anyway, one of the things that comes to mind is that we, excuse me, it's early in the morning. We put the, we keep the koan outside of ourselves. Oh, hold on. Maybe that'll help. We keep the koan outside of ourselves. We see it as, um, well, first you might see, oh, what does this mean? What is he talking about? I think there's. I think there's something I have to understand first, <clears throat> that. Then I'll be able to enter the koan. I need to understand what he means, and you know, or I need to try to understand what it is even to be this teacher working, as, working in working the room, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we can have that thing of, well, what's the symbolism of ox and fire? All those kind of things can come up, which are ways of pointing at. I need to know the context and the meaning before I can take it up. Related to that, but also it's a different animal is seeing this as Nanjuan's thing. And I need to figure out what it was for him. What was he talking about? What did it mean to him as a teacher, as a person doing the the work in the room? And therefore I keep it outside of myself because I think it's about Nanjuan and not about me. Um, But I'd say, you know, this Koan response, though it's in response to a question about working with students, this isn't really about being a teacher and working with students. (laughs) That just happened to be what Nanjuan does, did, does, did. (laughs) And so, you know, the question could just be, how is it that you do what you do? You know, maybe this person was kind of uh, admiring and curious and maybe like, wow, how do you do that, right? It happens to be Nandruan who's working with students and doing the work in the room thing, but it could really apply to anybody and anything. How do you do that? And so these, this response, taken out of the context of the koan and what I think it might mean or who it might be about, Nanduan, right? It moves from the place of being, this isn't about how to work with students. This is just Nanjuan describing his experience doing what he does. And then I can turn all that around and set it down and realize this isn't really about Nanjuan at all. This is about me. And... I don't need to understand anything or be anybody in particular, but I can enter into this, this phrase or let it enter into me and just be curious and notice what it, where it resonates, what it brings to mind. And then throughout that process and the things that I connect with, be able to understand on a different level, what it might've meant for Nanjuan without having to pin it down, without having to say, oh, he meant da, 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 and put it in order. You can just kind of be that that intimate, ah. Maybe he felt like that. <laughs> you know, however I feel, however I relate to the koan. It's like maybe that's how he felt, but it doesn't really matter because this is what it does for me. And that's the entering into and exploring the koan, not trying to again get meaning, codify it, get a recipe, get a formula but to just to go into it and explore it and not be too concerned about those specifics and the pinning it down, yeah. So, put that in your pocket or whatever, (laughs) wherever, you know, as you continue your koan journey and um, it's really easy to fall into that pattern again and again. And it's nice to catch myself and go, oh, wait a minute. I'm keeping it outside of me. Let me let it go further. Let me let myself go further into the territory. So all that being said, hmm, what comes up for me when I, you know, well, there's the other thing. I don't know if that's a part of that thing or not. Anyway, 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 um, <laughs> what comes up for me first is, you know, I lost the ox at midnight, and for me, I'm picturing, you know, midnight, a moonless midnight, a dark midnight, a dark night, and this ox I see as a darkly colored, furry figure, you know, big and deep brown, maybe black even, but this dark ox in this dark night that i you know used to be able to keep track of better because i could see it better but in the darkness i lost the ox yeah i couldn't distinguish it from the darkness around me that's that's the first image that comes to mind and then the same thing but in a different way with this morning as dawn arrived i lost the fire it's that thing of when it was when it wasn't dawn, when there was still darkness around, I needed the fire as a light to be able to see things. But when dawn arrived, the light of dawn was so bright I couldn't tell where the fire was anymore. <laughs> There's that, again a loss of distinction between the fire light and the dawn light. There was just light, everything together, everything connected. There is just light. Um. So that's the, the third thing I was gonna think of is this thing of lost, I lost, I lost. It carries kind of a negative connotation, I think, in general, oh, I lost this. And when we, when we think of losing things, that can be, um, yeah, a negative thing, a sorrowful thing, a damn it thing. But as I feel my way into that, you know, the losing of things, because I can't distinguish the difference anymore, There's something intimate and alive about that. And it doesn't feel like loss at all, actually. It's almost like I was freed of something. Yeah. That was interesting to notice. So then I went, well, I didn't, I didn't have to go far. I noticed some things reaching for me to say, oh yeah, like this, like this, in my own experience. Um, Hmm. So I guess for, for me, because of this one experience that reached out for me, a part of me associates the darkness, the midnight with, um, you know, difficult things, the heavy things, which made me think of the endarkenment side of our practice, you know, the, the, the things we have to go through that we struggle with and um, the burdens we carry and the challenges we face as humans living this life. And those challenges that aren't necessarily the best things that we would want for ourselves as far as having to navigate them and deal with them, but they give us something by working with them and working through them, maybe working through them. There's some wisdom we gain. And um, so yeah, so the endarkenment path. Was, was mixed in with this. And then the ox, because I'm dealing with the, the ox being lost at midnight, had its connotation with the 10 ox-herding pictures. And the ox, meaning, you know, the, the mind or the self or the me that I'm trying to get in line and under control. And with those ox-herding pictures, as you are likely familiar with, you know, there's a series of 10 pictures and looking for the ox finding its tail seeing tracks in the ground all that kind of stuff eventually finding the ox and taming it being able to ride at home you know you go through this series of pictures depicting that then there's one where the ox is gone (laughs) and it's like there's just the person um it's not that the ox left it's like the person and the ox became One and realized they were one from the beginning, perhaps. Um, So, that in the ox-hunting pictures, the ox is lost too, but in that positive way of, oh, no longer this thing outside of me that I'm trying to control, it has become me. Yeah. And the pictures go on from there, but for our purposes, that's the only, that's the main connection I was noticing. So, the experience that reached for me was. This one thing that it's funny and I've talked about how I don't remember exactly what it was, but for a long time, it was a a difficulty for me, a pattern of thinking and being and acting at times that had, from an experience early on in, in adolescence, I remember that something happened and it affected the way that I, you know, that I didn't speak, actually, the way I was quiet. I remember that. I didn't speak a lot. Needed to find my voice. I remember that part, that was part of it. And, you know, for a long time, it was like trying to find what exactly is going on here, looking for that ox, no trace of it at all. I just had the experience of, ugh, there's a difficulty happening at certain times in my life, at certain moments, not like times in my life, long stretches, just certain moments, certain interactions where there's this difficulty and things were a little bit off kilter. And what is that? What is that? I wondered. And eventually I was oh yeah, there was this experience that happened. And that was like finding the ox. And it felt like, oh, Eureka, I understand. Because I knew what the experience was and now I could pinpoint it, maybe I'll be free of this. And things opened up and relaxed for a while. But then it came back. I was like, wait a minute. I I thought I figured it out. I, I pinned down the experience that happened. And why is it? Why did this come back? You know? I thought, I, I thought that was what we do. We find out what the problem was. And now that we know, we can move on. Right. But it kept coming and it kept doing that. That happened several cycles. I looked deeper into the experience. Oh, this is the kind of stuff that happened. Oh, I see. Ah, I feel more space around this. And then a short time later, or maybe not so short, but then up comes those habitual patterns of you know thinking and acting. That went on for years. And each time I thought, oh, I was free of it, it, it kept coming back until it didn't. <laughs> and there was you know, one time. I don't know, well, I can't even say one time, at some point in time, I lost the ox. I lost, what I really lost was seeing that behavior, those habits as something outside of myself, um, something to work on, something to do something about. Having had that approach helped loosen things up and open up the territory to be able to understand it more um, deeply, intimately, thoroughly. But in doing so, I noticed I was still keeping it outside of me. Something that I have to try to work on or keep an eye out for, you know, that kind of stuff—the separation. But then, at some point, and I don't know exactly what happened, it just—it was done. I lost the ox again <laughs> to say that. I lost the separation of it <clears throat> and I also lost its power. It, it kind of faded and then I couldn't get it back. That was the funny thing is, and this is, yeah, it was a habit of mind, a habit of being that had been with me for so long that when I, when I finally resolved it with my air quotes, When it finally felt like I lost the ox, it became a part of me and there was no separation. I missed it. (laughs) Although it had been kind of a burden, it's like, oh, I can't do that anymore because something shifted and it became more intimate, more a part of me and not something to work on. It was released in a way, but also more fully embodied. Something in, in me was more fully embodied. And it was really, like wonderfully strange to feel kind of sad that oh that habit that was a difficulty I no longer have anymore <laughs> um, it was nice to have that kind of sorrow of losing that even though it was overall a beneficial thing kind of nice to know oh we've been such good friends for so long and now I've lost that ox lost it as a separation and just embodied it as me um. Hmm. so now it's hard to say that that was an endarkenment experience a difficulty thing because at this point it feels like oh that was all right it worked out well but in the midst of it it didn't feel that way Yeah. but in losing that ox again losing the separation the outside of meanness of it So let just let that lie there and pick up the other bit that came with um at dawn as Dawn arrived losing the fire. Now my association with fire and light is more of the enlightenment experiences, the good stuff, the bright stuff, right? <laughs> and um that's something that you probably the, we, maybe we're more hardwired or deeply conditioned to. You gotta, when you get the good thing, you gotta keep it going. You gotta hold on to that brightness. Don't let it fade, right? We gotta keep that shining, keep it at hand, be able to shine that light, bring that fire to all that we can, right? That can mean association with the bright, the light and the fire, that life-giving fire. But there's still the losing of the fire here in the koan in a similar way of losing the ox, you know, the non-separation, non-distinction. And for me, I was talking about this right before, I think, before we took our break this summer, I brought up this in one of the talks, an experience I'd noticed lately and I've been exploring since then, but it was like back in June or something. I just felt that something in my practice that had been there for a very long time just ended. And it wasn't um, a bad thing. It was, I mean, the, the thing that had ended wasn't a bad thing that finally got resolved. It was like a good thing that just felt like it came to an end. And that didn't feel bad. That was the interesting part. It didn't feel like I lost something. I just noticed, oh, something's ended. And um, having looked at it more since the last spoke about it, I won't rehash what I talked about it being before, but what I see it as now is pretty early on in this tradition, coming to this practice with Springs Mountain Sangha, just kind of got like, oh yeah, connected and part of it in a bigger way. I just felt, oh, I'm a part of this, this larger thing. I started doing timekeeping and you know at, at weekly meditations and went to retreats and timekeeping and you know more and more responsibilities over the years and I just felt, yeah, there's this larger thing I'm a part of and that I'm supporting, and that's a good thing, yeah, to be able to do that and doing that for it you was know, a couple of decades of it being like that having this um that fire some kind of fire of practice that i was able to hold up and you know offer to others offer to myself uh, nourish and care for so again not a bad thing at all but then there was a feeling of something ended that i was curious about and what i noticed was it's as though because i had this i'm there's this larger thing that i'm a, I'm a part of And supporting you know our tradition doing it in my particular way there was that separation i am here supporting this thing (laughs) and so the ending that i felt was more of the loss of that separation of a larger thing for for which i need to be somebody in particular or do something in particular you know i those stories that we can develop in order to do this i have to be i have to do in order to support this and nourish this. And those aren't bad things. That's, that's a good thing to notice. Those aren't bad things. But I just notice in my experience, there's just maybe the slightest bit of separation still of holding up the fire versus the light that's out there. And so the ending of things, that feeling of the ending was like the dawn coming and losing the distinction between my light and the light of the other thing, or the the separation of me doing something for the other, me having to be somebody in particular, you know, even in the slightest and most beautiful of ways, there's a, there's a separation there. So to lose that light is to kind of to join into the whole of the bright shining light, I guess, lose that fire is to, you know, be overtaken and a part of the whole bright shining light no no separation there so i noticed well for both of these these phrases you know, pulling out of my own experience pulling back the limbs a bit uh, for me it's about this non-separation that that maybe non talking about losing the ox losing the fire losing the ox in darkness losing the fire in the coming of the morning light is to really not be separated from what's happening not being able to distinguish things or not inclined to distinguish and separate so then i can roll that into well as a teacher when he's doing work in the room maybe he's saying i don't have me teacher you student and we're working as two separate entities maybe every time the student comes in whatever student that student brings Maybe the student brings heaviness, darkness, you know, the darkness of midnight. And Nanjuan loses anything that would keep him separate from that and enters into it deeply with the person. And maybe also when the student comes shining brightly, Nanjuan allows, well, let me shine brightly too, no separation, my light versus theirs, right? It's just all light, all right here, no separation. But that would be delimited to advice for working with students as a teacher if I just stopped there. And since that is what I do, I could take that as advice. But I'd like to extend it beyond that of just noticing, well, whatever comes my way day to day. um, how, How do I invite the losing of a separation? Or how do I not even go to the place of creating a separation? Yeah. So in the end, this comes to me about being intimate, connected, being fully with what is um, actively so, engaged. Instead of acting upon something or against something or to promote and maintain something, it's just Entering fully into the field of whatever the something is and acting within it, within the field, as part of the field, as the field, rather than an actor acting upon something else outside of me. Hmm. Thank you for listening. For more about Andrew Palmer and his teachings, please visit bowandroar.com and look for him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.